Loving Machine Players present Brood of Vipers, a play for radio by Malcolm Cowan. Brood of Vipers, a story of murder set in a world where barely one in ten thousand have survived a global pandemic. Twelve years later, the survivors are trying to rebuild society. Episode 1. Trouble at the Project. Good morning, and it's Wednesday the 7th of August in the 12th year since the plague. And the good news is that the population of all our group of settlements is now 563. Kathy and Chris of the Orford Settlement had twins last night, both boys. They're all doing well, and if you're listening, Kathy and Chris, congratulations from everyone here at the centre and from all the other settlements. And if you've got any news for the community, just get a message through by two-way radio or phone, because Granny Ellen's waiting by a switchboard as usual. And to start us off this morning, here's a piece by our very own group, The Survivors. And I think you'll agree, it's up to anything the old world produced. One, two, three, four! Denny, not to your taste then, Karen. Sean, he's, he's a nice young lad, and a credit to his settlement. He just happens to be to have a rather different taste in music to mine. Besides, I need to make an urgent phone call to Hugh at the centre. Oh, I quite like Denny's music. Anyway, I'm making a brew in the kitchen. Do you want a fruit tea? Yes, please. I could do with one. Granny Ellen, good morning. Is Hugh available? Oh, he's just coming across the courtyard. Uh, shall I ask him to call you when he comes, or do you want to wait? I'll wait. It's uh, rather urgent. Hi Sharon. I don't think Karen likes Denny's choice of music. He's just switched him off. Oh, I like it. I think it's great. But Karen's a bit old-fashioned sometimes. No, he's not, Linda. Just because he likes a different kind of music. Oh, sorry, Hyatt. Have you heard? I've just resigned and now there's no other men on the project and only us left. No, but I'm not surprised. I've just seen Karen. He's ringing the chairman of the High Council now. Ringing Hugh? I hope he's okay. That Moyer woman's just so horrible to everyone. Karen's asked for a cup of fruit tea. Why don't you make it, Hyatt? Then you take it to him. Oh, you don't mind? I've got that stress test to run on the computer network. It would help me if you could get him his tea. Okay, I'll do it. That was a good idea, Sharon. Hyatt's been trying so hard not to be jealous about the time you spend with Karen. I've got a husband, remember? Karen doesn't mess with married women. Trouble is, he doesn't bother with unmarried ones either, and Hyatt wishes he would. Oh, Hyatt's so sweet, and Karen's so blind to how she feels about him. Yes, but I wish she wouldn't take it out on me. I'm not interested in him. That's Karen for you, though. As a professor of engineering, he's brilliant. When it comes to people, he's not even passed his first exams. Well, I'll get back to my stress test. Still. I'd rather have Karim than Sharon's Brendan. It's bad enough having him live in the village. I don't know how I'd feel if he were actually on the project as well. He's just so creepy. I don't know how Sharon puts up with him. 
Oh, he is creepy, I know. Did you hear what happened to Sharon last weekend at the centre? I was with her when she ran into Big Harry at the social evening on Saturday. I know. She told me about it. It was all right, but she said she was glad to get back here on Monday. But you should have seen her there. She gave him as good as she got this time. Did she? Anyway, I thought the High Council had warned him off pestering her. What happened? Well, he came over as usual. Corny chat-up line, octopus hands touching you. And, and well, last time she went bright red and ran out of the room in tears. So what happened this time? She gave him a big smile and asked him if he wasn't worried what Helena would say when she found out he'd ignored the High Council's warning not to harass her. <laughs> nice one. Then Big Harry got all flustered and said, No need to go all aggressive like that. Keep your knickers on. And she gave him an even bigger smile and said, Oh, Harry dear, one thing you can be sure of, whenever you're around, I'll always keep my knickers on. Lovely. I wish I'd been there. Pat got a big cheer from all the men. Then she said something to him I didn't hear, and it was Harry ended up going bright red and leaving the room. Good for her. She wouldn't have had the courage to do that a few months ago. Uh, Hugh, thanks. Uh, look, uh, that situation we talked about, uh, it's all blown up. Had two more resignations last night. The last two men on the project. Now all that's left are the three young girls and Sharon. There's no way I can kickstart a new industrial revolution with that number of people. Moira Wachel again. Yes, well, who else? I mean, just speak to the people who've resigned over the last few weeks. She's just... Karim. Karim, I have spoken to them. Look, I understand exactly what she's like, but, but what the hell do I do with her? Sorry for my language, I know you don't like it, but... I can't throw her out of the community just for being difficult to get on with. Hugh, I accept I'm not the best in the world at dealing with the Moira Wayshells of this world. But you and the High Council agreed we needed to set up a small-scale light engineering facility. I'm saying that with her handling the administration, it's not working. She's not helping. She's getting in the way. People can't take the way she treats them, so they resign. We're just not making the progress we need to. We may have found a warehouse full of components, but there's no way we'll be able to assemble enough PCs and radios for our own community at this rate, let alone supply any other groups of survivors, if they do exist. Okay, point taken. Look, let me organise a meeting for tomorrow. I'll talk to Moira in the morning. She, she can come down with Linda on a normal supply run. Look, you come down later and I'll talk to you in the afternoon. Thanks, sir. Uh, is there any news of David yet? No. But the three months are up, he said he'd be away be back soon and hopefully we'll know then if there's other groups of survivors out there. Thanks. Do you want me to tell Moira? No. No, I think it would be better if I ring her. I'll do that in a minute. I'll see you tomorrow then. Thanks. See ya. Come in. Hi Karen. I've brought you the fruit tea you asked for. Oh, I'm tired. Is there anything else? No, no, that's all right, thanks. Oh, okay. Come in. Ah, hello, Helena. Hugh, just had a phone call from Cathy and Chris's at Oldford. David's back. You should be here any minute now. Oh, thank goodness for some good news. Did they give any idea what he'd found? No, but 
What's the bad news been? Moira Weishel. Ah. She's now upset just about everyone on the light industry project and there's only the three young girls and Sharon who haven't resigned from it. Oh, I was afraid something like that might happen. Yes, and you did warn me. It seems you were right. Anyway, I've said I want to see her tomorrow morning and I'll see Karim tomorrow afternoon. And what will you do? I don't know. I want to talk to you and the other members of the council first before I decide. Oh, Hugh, Helen, I thought I'd like you to know David's arrived back and he's just stabling his horse before coming here. <laughs> Good. Oh, shall we go and meet him? Why not? Now we get to know how many other people survived the plague. Ah, David, welcome back. Ah, Hugh, Helena. Good to be back. You heard I was coming? Aye, Catherine heard you in to say you'd pass by a farm. You stabled your horse quickly. I was going to unharness him myself, but Kevin took him off me and said he'd sort it out. I, I think he wants to check him over and make sure I'm not injured the poor animal in the three months I've been away. <laughs> yes, he's rather protective where his animals are concerned. But the horse may be fed and watered. What about you? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, just a good long drink of something cold. Well, we can provide that in the canteen. So, tell me, what did you find in three months away? Well, pretty much what you and Karim predicted. Extrapolating from what I found, looks like there's probably about two to four thousand people left in England and Wales. I didn't get into Scotland, but I assume another thousand there, and perhaps the same in Ireland. And what sort of state are they in? Um, lots of small groups, mostly less than a dozen people, and no group larger than 50. Most of them are reasonably well organised with some form of elected leadership, even if it's a bit informal. Although there's one or two gangs of thugs trying to set up their own private kingdoms. So, what do you think of our new canteen? Mm, it looks good. Hugh, Helena... Oh, David, you're back. Hello, Susan. Yeah, I've, I've seen your dad. I've checking over my horse to make sure I've been looking after him properly. Yeah, that does sound like my dad. Doesn't trust anyone else to look after his horses or his blacksmith's tools. That's what I said. Oh, and young Susan's been experimenting with new recipes for traditional country drinks. Oh, yes, please, then. Uh, whatever you've got. OK. And how's your uh, young man, Aaron? Very well, and we might have something to announce in church on Sunday. Oh, not declaring yourselves married by any chance? <laughs> well, if I answered the question, then I wouldn't be declaring myself married now. Which would mean I couldn't say it later on. You know, doesn't seem that many years since she was a skinny 13-year-old standing up in the Saturday meeting with Kevin to declare him to be a new father. It's a sign of getting old. Happens to all of us sooner or later. She and Aaron will make a good pair, though. Oh, I'm sure they will. I just wish we had as little trouble with some of our um, other people. Here's your drinks, everyone. It's elderflower. What do you think of it? Mmm. Uh, thanks, Susan. It's excellent. Thanks. So we were right, then. We are not alone. There are other groups. And by and large, responsible, reasonable people. Just the sort we want to contact. Uh, at present, uh, what you and Kareem didn't foresee is it won't last. Really? Why not? These groups won't survive. Oh, they'll survive all right. At least most of them will. That's not the problem. The trouble is they've no technological basis. 
they've no knowledge of the things like farming or medicine or all the other things you need to know in a world without technology. Well, but neither did we. We learned, we taught ourselves. I spent weeks reading medical textbooks to train myself as a doctor. But we had a largest group right from the beginning and we had huge leadership and we had enough people available that we could spare people like you to spend the last 10 years going through every textbook and computer archive we could lay our hands on to recover as much information as as we could what and they haven't or, or couldn't do that oh they're too small too isolated they've got books but not the right books when something goes wrong whether it's machinery or health or crop failure or whatever they don't know what to do they don't have the information the technology that they need to survive as a civilized society it'll be barbarism another thousand years of dark ages barbarism dark ages that bad well what i found in those three months of searching england and wales for survivors is that carrion was even more right than he knew just saw assembling and distributing PCs and radios as a way to bring all the surviving human populations together. But it's more important than that. It's choosing whether our children grow up as part of a federation of friendly, civilised communities rebuilding society, or whether they grow up facing a world full of hostile barbarian savages. Okay, so... What you will tell the High Council, then, is that to protect our own future, and just for common decency, then we've got to contact as many groups as we can, to bring them into a wider community that's linked by radio and by the knowledge spread by computers and books. Mm, in brief, yes. But if that's the situation, then the only way to do this is to build up Karim's light industry project in Pont Allen, to build those radios and the computers, and the solar and wind generators to run them. Yes, and... Your voice tells me there's something wrong. Yes. Look, bluntly speaking, since you left, the whole industry project's gone to pieces. To pieces? How? <laughs> you remember a woman called Moira Weishel? Joined the group just before you left. Um, yes. Wasn't she the one that insisted on still using a surname when no one else had bothered with them for years? <laughs> That's right. Oh, maybe I should have picked up on that earlier, but it just seems such a trivial matter. At her interview, she said she had experience in project administration in an engineering firm. And I knew that one of Karim's problems was that he felt he was weak on that side. Then she said she used to be a something or other in her parish church. And I thought, well, Karim's the one who's taken on from you as our part-time priest. Not priest, please. Oh, sorry. Elder, then. But anyway, I suggested assigning it to Karim's team. They both agreed, and that was the last thing they've agreed on since. Uh, it's bad. Practically the whole of the project team's resigned except for the three young girls and Sharon. So, so, what does she do? Nothing dishonest or aggressive. Just offensively patronising. At least that's what people have said. Uh, can't you uh, reassign her? If I have to, I will. But that's just not the way we work. One thing I learned in my days as an army officer is that proper leadership only works if you have the trust of those being led. How long do you think it'd last, I'd last if I turned into some kind of tin pot dictator? Anyway, I'm calling a meeting of the High Council for tonight. I need to get their backing and I'm not certain of getting it. What, you mean she's built up a circle of sympathisers? Enough to cause a problem. People like Sharon's husband, Brendan. He seems to be one of Moira's group. Brendan. I remember. Hmm. 
but I thought Sharon had more sense. Ah, well, but getting back to my report, I can do a brief written summary for you in time for the council tonight, if that would help. If you could get it to me sometime late this afternoon, it would be useful, thanks. And you can have a break while you prepare your full report. Uh, Travelling's hard work. A break would be rather pleasant, though I think I'll make sure I'm there on Sunday, if Susan and Aaron are planning to declare anything. Oh yes, I think that would rather please them. Come in. Helena, come in. Oh, thanks, David. Oh, I need to talk to someone. What's happened? Oh, that damned high council. They've chickened out. What? Well, Hugh wanted to pull Moira off the project, and they've chickened out. Said he should try once more to get some form of reconciliation between everyone involved. Oh, it's stupid. We've had the letters from people who've resigned saying why they've resigned. They should know there's no way it's going to work. And it leaves Hugh in an impossible position for tomorrow's meeting with Moira Bloody Wachel. Impossible? Hugh's pretty competent. No, he'll do his best. I know he will. But he'll have his hands tied behind his back. Bunch of old women. A bunch of old women? Half the High Council are male. Oh, all right. Old women of both genders. I suppose they think that they want to avoid conflict if possible. But some conflicts you just bloody well can't avoid. And Moira bloody Wachel's one of them. Hmm. Well, first, do you want a beer? I picked up a jug from Susan after dinner tonight. Or would you prefer fruit tea? Make it a fruit tea. If I have anything with alcohol, I'm likely to go around and sort it out myself. Except I can't. She's an hour away at Pont Allen. Okay, uh, one fruit tea, one beer. And if you think my reaction's over the top, you should hear some of the people who've worked with her. I hear Ivor say he'd cheerfully put poison in a tea. And I'm not going to tell you what some of the women wanted to do. (laughs) Men get squeamish about things like that. Mm, Well, I'll try not to think about that. Uh, What is it she does? She'd joined us literally a few days before I left. So I never really knew her, but... She seemed okay. Oh, she seems fine when you first meet her. And she's got people, well, enough people on her side as well. She just seems to upset other people by her attitude. And the worst is, she just can't see why they object to her manner. Her manner? Yep, part of it's the way she talks. It's it's patronising. But when you get examples from people of what she's said, it just sounds so, well, oh, pathetically trivial. And her attitude in lots of things. It's as if the plague had never happened and she's still living in the old days. Maybe even before then. If we still had cars, I'd swear she'd keep to the 30 mile an hour speed limit. You mean like insisting on her using her surname? Well, yes. I mean, we've all got surnames. At least everyone over 12 years old does. They're there, but we just don't tend to use them. I know yours is something Welsh because I've seen it in the files, but I've never heard you use it. I can't even remember what it is. So why does she insist on hers? Well, mine's uh, Katrev, actually. Uh, it's not really Welsh. Katrev means home. Grandma Patricia translated her name into Welsh when she moved to Wales after my dad was born. Wanting to fit in? Perhaps, I don't know. Um, she was quite a character. Used to tell me hair-raising stories of her youth. Or about her great-uncle and the 
giant rat of Samarta. <laughs> Quite a girl. I wish I'd have met her. But what happens now about Moira? Oh, long term, probably makes no difference. Hugh will do his best tomorrow. She'll ignore anything she finds inconvenient, and in a few more weeks we'll be back where we started. And hopefully next time the High Council will give Hugh the backing he's asking for. Then, if it gets solved next time, is it worth getting so upset about? Oh, possibly. But it means more disruption, more injured feelings, more time wasted, and more for an overworked member of the High Council like me to get grumpy and bad-tempered about. Well, you're always welcome to come and be grumpy and bad-tempered at me. Oh, thanks, David. Good to have you back. I have missed you. The time you found yourself a young man. <laughs> young man? <laughs> I'd be so lucky. I'm also one of only two doctors round here, remember? I've seen every single man here with his pants down. That <laughs> seems to do something drastic to the male libido. <laughs> and from my side, it certainly takes all the romance out of it, believe me. <laughs> One serious thought, though. No. no, I know it's none of my business, but you might want to talk to Karim about what Moira's been doing to your church. I thought you were a devout agnostic. No, I'm serious. I'm not just a doctor. I'm Hugh's part-time head of security as well, and I've heard things said. Have a chat to Karim first, Chanty Get. I think he'd appreciate it. OK, I, I will. Well, everyone, Linda and I will be off to the centre now. We mustn't keep Chairman Hugh waiting. Karim, are you coming down with me? It seems wasteful to use two carts. No, it's uh, all right, Moira. These things I've got to do here, I'll come later. Thank you so much, Linda, for taking me today. Oh, yes, thanks. Well, I do need to get weekly supplies. I'll stay here. There is that stress test on the network you asked me to do. Yes, yes, of course, the stress test. Hey, Ryan, will you be coming? No, thanks. Like I said last night, Hyatt and me want to do some work on the roof of our house. There's some slates need replacing before winter and it would be a pity to waste this good weather. We'll come down with Karim later. Of course. Ready to go then, Linda? Yes. That leaves you by yourself for today, Sharon. You sure you don't mind? It's okay, I'll be fine. Brendan's working down in the village if I do need anything. And anyway, Moira wants this stress test done. It's not really as urgent as she thinks, but it's better if there's no one else using the network when I run it. Mind you, I'm not entirely sure Moira knows what a stress test is. Apart from the stress of working with her, you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming down to the house. Are you coming, Rianne? Yes, coming. And Sharon... I'll have a word with Hyatt and try to make her see she's no need to be jealous of you and Karim. And would you? I'd really owe you one for that. Ah, Karim. David, good to see you. I heard you were back. I know what's happened. And why are you down here at the centre? Yes, I've just come back from meeting Hugh. He saw Moira this morning. Well, Helena suggested I had a word with you about the church. If there'd been... Been any problems with Moira Weishel there as well? Well, yes. Come on, let's get a drink at Susan's Canteen and I'll tell you all about right. it. And if you don't mind, I'm going for a long walk by myself. I'll take Hyatt and Rian back to the project. I think I've earned it.
Back home, light industry project again. Easy there. Moira, I suppose you want me to... No, no, it's all right, Linda. I'll help you carry the supplies in, then I'll deal with the horse if you can get Sharon to help you put everything away. And Karim should be back soon as well. Oh, OK, thanks. Oh, no problem at all. Oh, could you just tell me Karim's new security code? We'll need it to get in. It's 1374, though I still don't see why we need one. We're the only group of plague survivors within miles. Well, I'm sure security is the right attitude of mind to have. 1347. No, 1374. 1374, then. Thank you, Linda. That's more like it. I thought she was going to be a human being for a moment there. 1374. Sharon? Are you there? Sharon? You in the loo? Sharon? Sharon? Sharon. Linda, come quickly! It's Sharon! She's dead! She's been murdered! That was episode one of Brood of Vipers. A play for radio by Levenshune Players. Tune in for the next episode. Investigating can be dangerous.